Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your hosts, Jeff, Chad, Dave, Brett, Jerry, and special guest law enforcement commentator, Mark Nelson. In this segment, we're going to cover the uh, Jesse Smollett case out of Chicago. We're going to start off by playing the press conference by Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson, which is awesome. Good morning, everyone. Before I get started on why we're here, you know, as I look out into the crowd, I just wish that the families of gun violence in this city got this much attention because that's who really deserves the amount of attention that we're giving to this particular incident. So this morning, I come to you not only as the superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, but also as a black man who spent his entire life living in the city of Chicago. I know the racial divide that exists here. I know how hard it's been for our city and our nation to come together. And I also know the disparities and I know the history. This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile? How can an individual who's been embraced by the city of Chicago turn around and slap everyone in this city in the face by making these false claims? Bogus police reports cause real harm. They do harm to every legitimate victim who's in need of support by police and and investigators as well as the citizens of this city. Chicago hosts one of the largest pride parades in the world, and we're proud of that as a police department and also as a city. We do not, nor will we ever tolerate hate in our city, whether that hate is based on an individual's sexual orientation, race, or anything else. So I'm offended by what's happened, and I'm also angry. I love the city of Chicago and the Chicago Police Department, warts and all. But this publicity stunt was a scar that Chicago didn't earn and certainly didn't deserve. To make things worse, the accusations within this phony attack received national attention for weeks. Celebrities, news commentators, and even presidential candidates weighed in on something that was choreographed by an actor. First, Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. When that didn't work, Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? This stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. 
So he concocted a story about being attacked. Now our city has problems, we know that. We have problems that have affected people from all walks of life, and we know that. But to put the national spotlight on Chicago for something that is both egregious and untrue is simply shameful. I'm also concerned about what this means moving forward for hate crimes. Now, of course, the Chicago Police Department will continue to investigate all reports of these types of incidents with the same amount of vigor that we did with this one. But my concern is that hate crimes will now publicly be met with a level of skepticism that previously didn't, occur, didn't happen. That said, Smollett was treated as a victim throughout this investigation until we received evidence that led detectives in another direction. I couldn't be more proud of the unrelenting detective work that went into this investigation, and I couldn't be more proud of every investigator that played a part in it. The detective work that we saw in this case is indicative of the work that our detectives do every day in this city. This case in particular involved hours of video evidence, which when combined with old-fashioned police work, uncovered the truth. These detectives deserve all the credit in the world for carefully analyzing the leads and the evidence for weeks before coming to their conclusion. I'd also like to thank the FBI for their help in this investigation. The FBI's partnership with CPD has been pivotal in this particular case. I only hope that the truth about what happened receives the same amount of attention that the hoax did. I'll continue to pray for this troubled young man who resorted to both drastic and illegal tactics to gain attention. I'll also continue to pray for our city, asking that we can move forward from this and begin to heal. And now I'd like to call up Commander Edward Watnicki, who personally led this patient and deliberate investigation to walk everyone through how the Chicago Police Department arrived at this point. I don't think anybody here could have said it better than that. I mean, what, what a stand-up guy. That's the kind of boss it sounds like everybody wishes that they had. What can you add to that? I mean, you got Jesse Smollett, the Empire actor, just filing a false police report, saying he was mugged, lynched in Chicago by people yelling, this is MAGA country, which we when know. I think of Donald yeah. Trump and supporters, the first thing I think of is downtown Chicago. And I'm sure that's what the detectives thought. The first, the, the first red, red hats th are all over that yeah. city. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as he said that to the Chicago detectives, they're like, all right, this is a bunch yeah. of bullshit. And don't forget, this is during the coldest part of the year that we've ever had. And there, he's sitting there trying to say, I'm walking along at 2 a.m. Minding my own business. Minding my own business. And these two guys come out of the cold and attack me and they happen to bring a rope with me. And he was so upset, he left the noose on his neck while waiting for everybody to show up. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you'd do. But again, it's just one of those cases where the, the national media just took this story and went nuts. But the Chicago people were all like, uh-uh, something ain't right. <laughs> the funniest thing I think about this case is, is it's hilarious because every other case you ever listen to is alleged this, alleged that. There's no alleged ever about Jesse whatsoever. It is liar, liar, he didn't do this. There's no alleged said ever before it goes to court anyway. The $3,500 that he wrote out to his two Nigerian buddies that, uh, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Those those two individuals that were on the 
set with him. Uh, but the question that I brought up to one of our colleagues is, who was it that were the bounty hunters that went over to Nigeria that found these two guys and brought them back to O'Hare Airport and the police were ex, you know, there right there to arrest them as they got off the plane? I thought that was kind of unique. You'd like to know what their job titles were when they went to Nigeria to invite them to come back. <laughs> You've won the lottery. Come back to the United yes. States. I mean, I'm sure they did so completely voluntarily, but they were exonerated from the charges. Smollett, on the other hand, may not be so lucky with the American public. We call that rolling a witness. <laughs> well, they did get rolled. They got rolled. But the detectives obviously did an outstanding job. I mean, this is a shit case. As soon as they got it, they probably smelled the bullshit on it from but, the from the get-go. You, you knew when this was all done, even when it was proven to be BS, they were still going to come out and say, but you know this is really going on, and it's still happening all over the yeah, country. But and hate crime is Even though this up. was a lie, this is probably happening all over the place and just not reported. Yeah, hands up. You know, a U.S. Senator, Kamala Harris oh of my. California, mm -hmm. actually supported Smollett without rendering any time or judgment or evaluation, immediately jumped against the circumstance and was outraged in public media. And it's astonishing that these people, Kamala Harris is a U.S. Senator. Is she not a candidate? Was she not considering a run for president? Or she run? is running. She is actually running for president. This is a person running for the presidency of the United States who not only rushes to judgment and is an idiot besides, but was able to do so publicly in such a manner that an individual could utilize his blackness, a rope, in order to indict conservatives, or anyone that might disagree with the public mantra of the left wing and CNN. And it's just not proper. They even claimed it was a lynching. Yeah, modern day lynching. Modern day lynching. It was a lynching, but it was a lynching of those who are innocent of this vilification. It was a lynching of the American public that are accused of bigotry and prejudice when no such bigotry or prejudice may exist. Now, to go quickly, or just for a second, back to the motive, it was reported that he did this because his character on the show was being written out for the next season. Essentially, he was going to have a job left, correct? That no, was found not to be that's true. That's not true either. He, he uh, was, was he, actually upset about his pay. He was asking for more pay on the episodes that were coming up. And they were like, dude, nobody knows you. Why I got a great idea money? how they could write him off the season. Well, that he probably... Was <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> no, he was walking home one night. Brett, mind his own business. Brett has brought up an excellent In the Republican point. stronghold of Chicago. That was a sarcastic comment, I assume. It was sarcastic. Okay, thank yes. you very much. Brett, Brett brings up a very legitimate point. He thought that Smollett was doing this because they were threatening to write him off. No, he was negotiating salary, allegedly, for more than a million, I think he's paid a million dollars now, and he was allegedly going for something like 13 million or some astronomical sum, and the negotiations were not going well, and he thought this would boost his popularity, notoriety, and name recognition, which is one of the arguments that were being used evidently or allegedly. It worked. By, by the network on Empire because he wasn't well enough known to merit that kind of pay. So he thought he would correct it all in one fell swoop by putting a rope around his neck, wearing a red mega hat, 
what an insult to the MAGA hat, make America great again. Well, Smollett, you are the very issue that will diminish our nation, not make it great again. I think oh, he, he hurt his own people. Oh, yes, he did. Of course he did. And you can make that any group you want out of the, all the groups that he likes to identify himself with. But uh, it's just a shame that when people do this because now everybody looks at the next guy like, eh, wait a minute now. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because— who's gonna, who's Who's going to give credence to the next charge of this kind of behavior? Right. Not that it would ever occur again, but of course it will. This is the attitude, though, that we've created in this country that you can come up with this cockamamie story, but since uh, you are coming across as you're a victim and you're black and you're gay, how dare anyone? Is he gay? Right. Yeah. 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 This isn't the article. It's it's all part of what he's claiming. And he's part of the protected classes. Oh, you're black and you're gay. Uh, How dare anyone? Allegedly. Allegedly. How dare anyone anyone try to say this didn't happen? And like you said, well, this didn't happen. Well, I'm sure it happened somewhere, sometime. Maybe it might have, and and we're going to run with that anyway. And it won't be long, and they'll be making claims that he has some type of mental illness. Yeah, that'll be and, the next so one, we probably. can we can sit here and minimize. Well, this it is wasn't his, that bad. His attorney stated nothing is further than the truth, and anyone claiming otherwise is lying. When they said that uh, Smollett wasn't correct, I mean, saying the actor would continue to cooperate, but felt victimized by reports that he might have been involved in the attack. Well, well done by the chief. He he did an yeah. outstanding job stepping up for the guys. Kudos. The detectives did a heck of a job taking yes, the information. Short period of time, too. Very short, very quick. And heads up to the uh, Chicago press because they didn't buy into this from jump. They, yeah, you're right. Was it the Chicago press that actually didn't buy into it? Chicago press did not go along with this story from the beginning. And the national press basically questioned them on how dare you. I'm sure they had their inside sources from the department saying, let's Would not don't be at do all, all this. Hold one. You know, one of the other things that no one's mentioned is that one of the things that tipped off the Chicago police, besides the fact that he was wearing a MAGA, or his assailants were wearing MAGA hats in downtown Chicago, an act of utmost bravery, obviously, if it occurred ever. Over top of their masks. Was this, that he was not believed by the Chicago PD because they could not find a TV or video footage of the attack at all. And evidently, Chicago, like New York, is one of the most heavily videoed downtown urban areas there is. Is that correct? That is correct. So if 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 there are cameras all over, it gets really nerve-wracking, I'm sure, on an investigative police officer if they can't find a video of the alleged attack. I read one of the original reports, too, that what raised our suspicions also is that Jesse told that it was pointing out to the detectives where exactly all the cameras are that they can watch, that he knew the exact locations of all the cameras because he knew they'd go back and look at the cameras and see this attack actually happen. And I was a detective for a number of years also, and this the thing is, these kind of cases, I mean, obviously not of this magnitude. You listen to bullshit all the time. You know, usually it's not of this magnitude, but you still have to treat it like it's a real case. You just can't call bullshit right off the beginning. So this is not a unique case that somebody goes and lies to the police about things happening to them, either trying to further their career or well, an excuse to their mom why they weren't home that night. I feel sorry for the Nigerian guy that was his personal trainer, though. I mean— he got $3,500 and got to go back to Nigeria and never got to spend the money, and then he has to come back and they, but, and they Then they release him, though. They, yeah, I, I believe they're going to give him immunity 
against Smollett. They, they, no, oh, they, sure. They, they did, did give him immunity, yeah. but they lost their job. The personal trainer won't be able to train Smollett oh. anymore. The, the, the first thing that caught my eye was when they, when they aired this, it was like breaking news. It, the fact that these guys were so full of hate that they threw possibly bleach on him. Yes. They they put a substance. A, it wasn't a chemical substance yeah. that was not identified to my knowledge. And and obviously they were targeting him. They put a noose around his neck and and all of this hatred in this place where nobody else is around, but the only injury he had was a tiny little fingernail scratch right here on his cheek. And I thought Guys that are that bent on hate will probably definitely do more damage than a tiny little scratch on your face. That's the first thing I noticed about well, this. He was an actor right. on Empire, and that yeah. was important. He couldn't have facial damage. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to his next gig and on E Entertainment Channel 2039. Where are they now? <laughs> that ought to be outstanding. I'm looking forward to that episode anyway. But I think. Jeff was right. It'll be a mental illness thing, and then we'll all end up feeling sorry for him and saying, well, he's got this, so that's okay. And it's okay that he, you know, it's you're, part of his illness. You're so understanding and compassionate. I, you know, Brett. Well, somebody that has a mental illness, I understand things like this, and it's not right that they label that on him, which they try to do. They try to do anything and everything that they can to sympathize with people. And everything's okay. Are you going to introduce the next case for, to us? Yes, you are listening to Cop Talk America. The next one we're going to move into here. <laughs> Sorry. Are you Excuse well? you. Hang on. We never know Sasquatch when the old guys are going down or not. It's all right. 911. Does anybody know the number to 911? These guys ain't touching me. All right. <laughs> what the hell? Damn it. Bobby, go ahead. We are still. I don't get the first chance at mouth to mouth. Negative Jeffrey. answer. Oh. We will move on what? to the next topic. I think what we've, are we talking uh, about next? Well, I think we're going to talk about the uh, University of California professor. Oh, that guy. Who is under fire after old tweets resurface, calling for police to be shot and killed. What it was wrong with that, Dave? Well, there's a lot wrong with that, but there's a lot more of the story than just some whack job saying a lot of very uh, vile, nasty things about who's police Who's still officers, working. Who's still working, who's still employed as a university professor. After this came out, there's been some more just recently this week on this um, where he's being called out on it. There's people calling for his dismissal from the college and what have you. And he stood by his remarks, basically, for the most part. Matter of fact, he's quoted that uh, on the day the police have as much to fear from literature professors as black kids do from police, I will definitely have a statement. So he just doubled down on this. But I think if you look up, and, and I want to digress just a little bit from police talk, but first... I'm going to read this guy's biography, which is on the University of California Davis website. So it's not like this is a big secret. They actually have this on their college website. So his boss can probably read this. Yeah, anybody can read this. Joshua Clover, Clover, however he pronounces it, specializes in critical theory, Marxism, political theory, political economy, poetry, and poetics. Interest includes social movements, social reproduction theory, crisis theory, and the end of capitalism. He's also a faculty member of the Department of of literature and affiliated faculty of French and Italian department, film studies program, and designate emphasis on critical theory. He is affiliated with the initiative of racial capitalism. His most recent book is Riot, Strike, Riot. And it uh, goes on, uh, basically, um, the guy's a communist. This is long and short of it. And he doesn't make any uh, bones about that. And here's, this isn't opening up a can of worms. We could talk about this for hours. It's opening up a basket of snakes here. Is a lot of things we're dealing with in law enforcement. 
they're not just us catching bad guys and, and going on from there. It's an entire movement in this country, a, a cold revolution almost, of an extremist views, left wing, that are trying to destroy this country. He says it right there. He wants to destroy capitalism. He wants to destroy what this country is based upon and come up with this communist environment that for whatever reason thinks going to benefit him and everybody else. We don't have to go through examples of how communism doesn't work. But one thing I want to point out here, this guy being on the, uh, and he's not the only professor with these views. There's lots of professors all around the country with these same radical loony views. And just a quick, let me digress from police talk for, give me 50 seconds and I want to talk politics or talk political theory. If you look at politics as a circle and you set that circle on in and at the top of that circle is the center, a little bit left, a little bit right, but you have the center at the top of the circle. And historically, American politics have been center, a little bit right, center, a little bit left. But whether you're Republican or Democrat, in decades past, your overall views weren't all that crazy apart most of the time, not all the time. But as you start leaving that center and you start going around the edges of this circle and you get down to the bottom of that center, the other end of the diameter going through the center of the circle, now you're at the bottom of the center. You're at the bottom. And they meet up again. So as you go around, you get your, your views going left, you got your views going right, and at the bottom, they meet up again. Your extremist right-wing views are going to be Nazism, fascism. Your extremist left-wing views are going to be communism, Marxism. I don't think any college or anybody other institution in this country would allow a self-proclaimed Nazi to get up there and try to pollute young people's minds with his rhetoric and ideology. But we have colleges in every state in this country that allow these people with just as dangerous and just as deadly and just as horrible views of humanity with a communist view to get up there and pollute young people's minds with their rhetoric and bullshit. And everybody seemed to think, well, not everybody, but the colleges seem to think it's okay. And in the middle of this entire mess is the police oftentimes. And you end up being the targets, just like this whack job thinks that you ought to kill police officers. You end up being the targets of their revolution, so to speak, that they think they're going to have or that they're trying to create. And like I said, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, and it gets well beyond police work. But we need to keep mindful when we're talking about topics of police work. Police and politics are interchangeable. One does control the other. And ultimately, you're looking at a much bigger movement in this country than just an anti-law enforcement movement. It's, it's a much broader, it's much bigger, and there's a lot of other components that we don't have time to cover right now. Maybe we will in future shows. But that's something that I brought up from here. We can look at this and, and look at this guy's comments and think, boy, this guy's a freaking asshole. But at the end of the day, we got to look at the, the bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is that we have this type of movement going on in this country. We wouldn't allow it if it was the Nazis. We shouldn't allow it if it's the communists. If you want to have your opinion, that's fine, but you should not have a pedestal and a platform at a college campus or anywhere else to pollute the minds of young people. The problem is you're not allowed to have an opinion. You're only allowed to basically go along with whatever the power group is saying. And at this moment, it's slanted more towards the left. They talk about diversity. They talk about all these other things. But diversity to them means you have to agree with me. So when I say something, if you don't agree with me, you're not just wrong. You're evil. 
racist. You're a racist. Yeah. You're a homophobic. They got all the phobics and all the rest of that stuff. That you know, get in line, be a good communist, and march along with us. Oh, um, oh, yeah. oh, and that's you know? the problem. And if you disagree with it, we're going to demonize and destroy you. And you're starting to see this group think try to take over entire groups where. When I went to college, yes, I did. When I went to college, the idea of college was for you to share different ideas and listen to all these different things so that you would hear things. I was fairly radical as a young man. I mean, back as a in young the, man, as a hippie days, yeah. I mean, but as you get older and you get, I won't say wiser, but more responsibilities, and did you, you start, have hair then? Yes, I did. Oh, God, I remember it. And you start that was wrong. It was wrong from another. <laughs> yeah. Follically challenged male. <laughs> you start getting responsibilities and you start understanding that you have to do something in order to help the rest of mankind go along. Because, as Margaret Thatcher said, everyone's a socialist until they run out of somebody else's money. Then all of a sudden, hey, I might want to change my theories here. So right now what you're hearing being spoken in this country is hatred for the police because it's simple, it's easy. I can say anything I want because I know if I pick up the phone, even this jamoke can pick up the phone, we're going, we're going to be there, and we're going to do exactly what we need to get done, and he can still say and do whatever he wants, but you know, sometimes I think we give these people too much credence when they even say something like this other than just look at them and go, you're an idiot. Right. I, actually, but the biggest problem is he's a professor yeah. well, and actually, he has kids. There is, I think there is a reaction going on in response to the political correctness that's being leveled at our society and we're not reacting to enough. One of the quotes that this gentleman stated in his classes in 2016 in an interview, people think that cops need to be reformed. They need to be killed. And that was his direct quote in a classroom and in an interview on the campus and in an interview that was publicly published. The response to that, I think I heard for the first time last night when I listened, had a chance to listen to Trump's speech, before the Conservative Political Action Committee uh, convention. And Trump's is signing an executive order in the next few days, which will force campuses that wish to have federal funding to also allow speakers from all political persuasions to speak, not just the left wing and the progressive. For those university campuses that have consistently prevented conservative spokespersons to speak on their campus for one reason or another, they could very well risk the loss of any form of federal funding. This should be something that would awaken some of the universities in California and many other states, including my state, which is extremely vocal about preventing outspoken conservative and competent conservative speakers from even appearing. There is no diversity of public speech in politics on many of our university campuses. I think President Trump is going to sign that executive order, and there will be quite a controversy coming up in a few weeks. And you look for the police to tell a speaker that you can't come on the campus because we can't protect you. That's really? Which is a fact. Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. Come on now. You can. That has You've been, chosen that's not been, to. That's been used at, uh, at Western and uh, University of Washington and in Washington State. I mean, their argument is, and, and they withdraw. 
the protection with deliberation. That's like the the Daily uh, uh, had a there was a conservative publication of a newspaper on a college campus, and the left wing progressives went around and collected them up and uh, burned them and destroyed them. And they wanted to protect their newspapers. The conservative wanted to protect the papers. And they, they weren't able to protect them. The university said, we can't do anything about it. You look this guy up on uh, Rate My Professor. It's an app. And there's quite a few comments on there. And one of them is from the students that if you have more conservative views, you're going to have a hard time in this class and your grade is going to be much more difficult to achieve. It's, yeah. it's not uncommon. And this lack of diversity, it is astonishing that the progressive left, which has the mantra of diversity and wishing uh, that all of us just get along, is in fact some of the most bitter, bigoted, vile. Get along as long as you agree with yeah, me. Period. Then we're fine. You can look up his picture. He just looks angry in every picture he's in. He just looks angry all the time. You know, it's like Bill Mara with his statements about you yes. know the, the flyover people. And you know, it's a shame the man doesn't know anybody that lives here because he might find out yeah, we put our pants on the same way, just like you. And I think it's fascinating, these people who live in, on the West Coast, especially, who talk about how wonderful their utopia is. And I'm like, have you gone over to the tent cities where you got here in your town? Have and you seen how many people are leaving those that utopia? Absolutely. And, and, and corrupting the other areas of the country? Yeah, keep And you think there. communism's so great? I, I, you might want to ask USSR and, and uh, Venezuela, Venezuela and, and, yeah. and Cuba and a lot of these other places. And, and, and the communist countries like China, you know, being the biggest we still have around, if they don't have some, which they do have, they have capitalism. Straight up communism, it doesn't work. Never has. Never has, never will. Why try it here? Well, yes, Brett. Oh, you, uh, your hand is up. Go ahead and speak. <laughs> He's got a cramp. He's, He's old. Just stretching. Yeah. Just stretching. Thank you. You have nothing? No. You have I nothing have to nothing. say? Not at all. Jeff, Not on this. No? No. Uh, I My views are really far right. And uh, I thought you this. believed in free speech, and so do we. Why don't you tell us what you think instead of trying to hide behind the protection of what you are or are not? So you we say on this ring I was talking yeah, about, yeah. you're way over here somewhere. We haven't commented on your sexuality. But, well, not yet. Not this show. We'll wait until we get a few more shows in there. It's a show that we cover yeah. all aspects. So go ahead and give I'm us your I'm pretty views. sure my views would be offensive. To a lot of people. What do you so, think our intent is on this show? Once again, to Brett, we're not supposed to care about feelings here. No. We just speak facts. First of all, then you tell us you don't care about feelings, and then you refuse to speak. That is such BS. Well, it seems the last 20 years in this country, like you've said, it we are making excuses for everything. There is no black and white anymore, and I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about right and wrong. There's only a gray. Everything is gray. And so there's no hold a microphone. Close. There, there's no there's no uh, right or wrong, and it just seems to be getting worse, especially with the media. Jeff made a comment earlier about one of our officers getting shot, and we did not hear anything more about that story, right? But if if these news people and the stations are to comment on this and and bring up a story, and it's starting to look like well the officer didn't do this or the officer they don't want to report on that. 
Maybe there should be a law that if you bring up this article, you got to report on every detail, not just the details of the the victim or this or how it looks. And and it, it just doesn't, it angers me that they don't have to do that. They can pretty much sway and slant the story any which way they want. You think journalism should be regulated by the federal government? I do. I think if you bring up a story... You would actually want a federally controlled journalism and newspaper? And I want some laws. Just like, slope. Give, just like they're giving the laws to everything else now. You own a business? Can you do whatever I you want? Can you hire who you want? No, there's laws that say you can't do this and you have to do that. So you want restricted press and communication? I want full disclosure. If oh. you bring up the story and you talk about it, you have to report every aspect. So a month later, if something comes up, you have to report on that. That's it's the, the fairness of both sides. That's the responsibility of us. That's the responsibility of the people who are looking into or listening to this dribble when these people are putting this out. If if it sells, if they don't they're care about their freedom. Why in the hell should we? It's fair. It's all about it's it's fairness. Well, it's it's. One groups can say whatever they want. Other groups can't say a thing. And to think that you're going to get the government, which is part of the problem, it's, to solve the problem, that's just like yeah, asking— More government regulations. That gonna, scares me to death. We're going to get idea. another group of politicians in to fix what this group of politicians did. And I'm like, you don't get it. The politicians are the problem. But so, Like you said with the law with Trump of making them allow anybody to come and speak on campus— but See, then, why shouldn't, if a Nazi, if a person that claims to be a national socialist, which I might add is nothing more than what Venezuela is and nothing more than what the policies of the progressive left are. The progressive left are national socialists. They want the federal government to control the major means of the economy. They want to have control over the free market or elimination of the free market. And they want to have control of press, police, National Guard, and they want to control thought and action. That is a Nazi agenda. It's the same as the— Germany's 1930s. Exactly, right. and it's also the Communist Party under Lenin and Trotsky. You're at the bottom Nothing of the and circle. And Stalin. It, yeah, there's no difference. However, because of the press, most of the public has never had an education on political theory and probably never will. And as a consequence, they don't know— what John Locke's second treatise on civil government is. They don't know that we are a government of law, not of men. And I do not want men being above the law. And yet that is what seems to happen on university campuses when this professor can make commentary that's totally and wholly offensive and violent. And yet a conservative speaker who wishes to extol the free market would not be a permitted to a to even come on campus. And if rich people want to send their children to the University of California Davis campus, if they're that stupid, uh, <clears throat> feel yes. free. Yeah. Go right ahead. Pollute your children's minds all you want because that's what America really is about. Just don't think you're going to walk up and tell me to stop saying and thinking what I do. That's going to be a really bad pill. This show won't be silenced. Do you feel like you're in the minority with your opinions? No. I think that's what the news media would like me to right. believe. That's, I don't believe that's, that's the very truth. true. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're the minority at all. Otherwise, Donald Trump wouldn't be president. It is. It does scare the left a great deal. All right. With that being said, thanks everybody for listening to Cop Talk America. That's our show for the day. Please uh, tune into us next week. Have a good week. 